I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Welcome to a conversation with the most amazing Kelly Walcher. And you know what Kelly is all about? Talking your personal potential and what a great conversation it's going to be this afternoon on Be Live coming to you through all things thriving. Global leaders thrive and Kelly is one of those global leaders that we need to have a conversation with. How are you, Kelly? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Kelly. It's so delightful to be here with you today. <laughs> well, it's a glorious day. We're both based in Sydney, so we're it's just heavenly outside. Um, and it's probably a shame we're not outside walking around, but I got that in this morning. That's part of my thriving. Not sure about you, what you've been able to do today. <laughs> oh, yes, I've got a nice walk. It is a beautiful day out there. Yes. It's All right. Now, listeners, uh, coming to you from Global Leaders Thrive, you'll also recognise that thriving matters is one of those areas that's really close to my heart, and I know it's close to Kelly's because mm. being invested in people's potential means that you have a skill set that is diverse and inclusive and really looks at how do we find the purpose or what Simon Sinek would say, your why Why? for doing what we do, you know? So I know that that's a bit bit of a passion for you, Kelly, but the first question I'd like to ask you is, what is it that gets you out of bed each day and puts a smile on your face? How about you shoot about this? <laughs> well, they're two different questions to me, Gary. What gets me out of bed out of the, uh, the first thing in the morning, I have to say, to be frankly honest with you, it's usually my bladder. As <laughs> <laughs> different to what puts a smile on my face, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Um, and look, <laughs> you know, um, yes, that's right, I'm over 40, just. Um, so... I think, you know, what puts a smile on my face every day when I get out of bed, I'm really fortunate in that I have um, I have a wonderful family, I have a, a wonderful partner and I have a wonderful little boy who's seven who teaches me how to be a better leader every day. And um, I think when I get out of bed initially, I, I honestly think how can I make the world a better place for my seven-year-old to grow up in? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what? it all starts with, you know, I hate to quote um, Whitney Houston, but... You know, the, the children are our future. You know, there's a song in everything. That's something I also say. <laughs> well, that's right. You, we, find, we find the lyrics and we find the tune and there's usually an association and probably a metaphor thrown in there. Somewhere. There is, there is, yes. So, um, yeah, so, so looking at, you know, my child as, as the future, I, I look at um, what drives me is, is, is how do I make futures better for people, not just kids, because I do that as a parent, but as a professional how do I create better futures for or, or facilitate people to create their own better futures um, in their own lives, which then also really it pays it forward, it pays it on to their employees and their staff, or it pays it on to their families and their friends. And so 
That is what puts a smile on my face every day. Oh, and you know, Kelly, one of the things that strikes me about you is that you, you and I are a bit alike. We're ordinary gals. Yeah. Right? Extraordinary we are, Carrie. <laughs> but we're doing it, that's right, we're doing extraordinary things. And for every one of us, I would like to say that is the case for every one of us, no matter how we look at ourselves. And sometimes our self-talk is what really brings us down and we just, we, we get a little bit um, pulled or seduced into yeah. thinking that, you know, we're just pretty ordinary and nothing much, no one would care if we weren't here. That is an absolute load of rubbish. Yes. Putting, yes. It, putting it politely. So I really like the fact that the people I get to talk to, the people that I, I connect with so well, are the ordinary guys and gals doing extraordinary things. And, you know, in doing that, life isn't easy every day. And that's why I like to ask the question, what gets you out of bed each day? Because some days, you know, you go, oh, really? It would be nice to just snuggle up here for a, for a few more minutes. Yeah, what yeah. have I got? But usually it's the pull of the day going, oh, wow, one, two, three, four, five, I'm out of bed and look yeah, what the yeah. day is going to bring for me. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, with that um, mindset of being curious mm -hmm. and also thinking, you know what, I'm going to bump into someone today that I didn't expect, something's going to happen that I didn't expect, and we can actually look back on the day at the end of it and go, how fabulous was that? And, you know, I think it me all the time, Carrie. I, I, honestly, whether it's a, a discussion with one of the parents at school on the way down the hill or whether it's having a, a you know, an online discussion with a colleague or, or discussion with a client, I always feel like there's something that we're giving, you know, and, and, I, and I know that that whole concept of contribution, everyone wants to do it. You know, we all want to save the world. Well, a lot of us want to save the world, but we can only do it one person at a time. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like the concept of, you know, taking a village to raise a family. We can only create change with people who are willing to do so as well. Mm. But I often find myself, you know, chatting with, um, with people and all of a sudden it feels, <laughs> they feel like they're in a coaching conversation. Um, but it's not intentional. It just, it's just that, like you say, that curiosity, that real um, lack of judgment and that real openness to understanding where they're at right now and at that moment. And, and if there is anything that I can, that I can, bring out of you um, to, to help you facilitate the rest of that day. Fantastic. It's an interesting notion, isn't it? Because mm. I was listening to, and I think podcasts have become just amazing resources for us, particularly because we can just listen. We don't necessarily have to watch. So if we're, if we're saying we're all zoomed out, well, we, we can still actually listen to things. And over the last 12 months, I think my listening skills have peaked up have, have, have sort of been amplified and strengthened. Um, but when you listen to the language we use about our day or mm. what it is that's on our mind, the worries perhaps that keep flitting across, that take up the space, um, they're all about how we manage our emotions mm. and, and that goes to how we strive in life and work. So the conversations I like to have are around this notion of thriving. Yes, and it's not always as simple or as glossy or as fabulous as it sounds, is it? I mean, everyday life, <laughs> sometimes it's a bucket load of no good and you, you, you actually have to develop the skills and we have a lot of them that we are on autopilot about but there are some that we need to develop and I know you are passionate about 
those type of skills. So tell yeah. us a little bit about the work you do. Where's your Where's your real love in what you're doing? So my real love is in is in behaviour and um, uh, profiling. I'm just I'm so besotted by people and their behaviours and what makes them tick. And I've done a lot of work in uh, neurolinguistic programming and understanding the neuroscience. I've done a lot of work in extended dysbehavioural profiling. Um, my my the one that I'm working with most at the moment is uh, is strengths Clifton strengths profiling, which uh -huh. really talks about. Um, how we use what we do really well and do more of that um, to thrive rather than uh, focusing on our weaknesses and what we don't do well. Because, you know, we have to be aware of our weaknesses and I still, I have a page of them and, and now I'm not even afraid to, to put them out there. I know exactly what they are. I own them. They're mine. <laughs> and, uh, but but my, my strengths outweigh those and I spend more time on my strengths than I do on my talents and I find that's created a better life for me. During um, COVID, I had, I, I like to call it my COVID baby, not not a real one, but it was my, uh, <laughs> you know, it was the birthing of, of new ideas and things like that. And and the question I kept having to ask myself was, what if, what if it could be different? What Because I found in COVID as a facilitator, because a lot of my work was in facilitating leadership programs and, and uh, development programs, and I found that I wasn't contributing because I wasn't didn't have any work <laughs> because it all just cancelled in the first three weeks of shutdown, yep. and it, so I'm one of those people that I actually loved when it, when we had to teach the kids for six weeks. I loved it because it gave me an opportunity <laughs> to contribute <laughs> where I hadn't been contributing, yeah. um, and so it gave me a bit of a fire in my belly. And but but when you talk about those things you were talking about before, it is my 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 little COVID baby was about what if we could you know use the words that we use differently? What if we could think differently? What if we could feel differently? And and what if we could behave differently, yeah. particularly now in these changing times? And how could that just really light a fire under us to to do something else? Oh, I like the metaphor. It's like a, a kindling of the flame. Yes. Um, you know, I um, I'm just going to I'm just going to move into that that cat that notion of the campfire. Yeah. Um, I take groups away uh, usually face to face, and yeah. before COVID, we had gone to Arnhem Land. So mm. each night, right top of Australia, Milky Way, absolutely sensational because where we lived on country with the Yolna people, there's no electricity. Yes. Okay. So there's no light. There, we have our, our um, night lights, we have our yeah. torches, blah, blah, blah. But the fire gets started in the afternoon. This massive campfire gets started mm. in the afternoon. And as we were coming back from the day's activities, everybody just starts to congregate just looking over the Arnhem Sea. Yes. And you can't swim. It's so hot. Mm. You cannot swim in the water because the crocs are just gliding by <laughs> or, or you've got the the jellyfish that you can yes, you can't get it. Yeah. But as dusk is coming down and it's mm. absolutely magnificent sunset right and it take mm. it, it comes down gradually the fire increases in intensity and mm. the darkness descends and as you're sitting around you just watch what happens to people and all of a sudden automatically their heads just start to rise yes and you cannot stop looking at Milky Way. It yes, is just yes. amazing. But it's it's about, I love the metaphor of the campfire because around it you can tell stories mm. where the end of the day 
that, you know, the worries that you have on your mind, the things that have gone wrong, perhaps the challenges that you had, the surprises, perhaps the things that went well, all those start to disappear Mm. and you settle into the night and it becomes quite reflective and you go, it feels like you're going to another world Um, and then you're able to restart your day. And I I just love that metaphor. Um, I love you talking about the campfire because my, you know, my whole concept around what I do is really like with that potential piece is like a phoenix coming from the ashes. (laughs) So when I hear you just the way you just described that, which was amazing, thank you, but I just, I I see the phoenix coming up through that campfire and and flying and that's that's kind of what I want for people. I want them to to be that phoenix that rises from the ashes. Oh, I love it. I love it. They're on fire today. (laughs) Well, Kelly, I mean, and the thing is too, people don't believe that it's possible. Like there, there are some... That some people don't believe it. So when we say, you know, um, you know, you, you have a love around the strengths, tell me one of the strengths you know about yourself and yeah. how and and maybe a strategy that you use to put it into play for those difficult situations, perhaps those challenges that you experience. Of course. So I have um, my number one uh, talent, they call it, is a is called the relator talent. And what is, <laughs> funnily enough, got a lot of relationship talents. Um, but uh, funnily enough, it, what, what it does is, is it allows you to almost deep dive into people. And so for my craft, for what I do, you know, it's good to be able to do that because it, it, what it does is it allows me to make f- people feel uh, comfortable at ease yeah. very quickly. I, I can build trust with people very quickly. And I honour that trust as well, you know. Yeah. I don't, um, and... I, sorry, I honour that trust as well. Um, it's very important to me that people have that with me because I want them to feel safe and I want them to feel psychologically well while we're while we're talking. You know, because I don't, yes. I don't, I don't fix people who are broken. I, 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 I help people to become unstuck, and that's where the potential comes in. And I get it. And and you, you know, you talked about us being ordinary or extraordinary people at the beginning, but living ordinary lives. And the reason I know I can do this is because I've done it myself. <laughs> yeah. And I know what that push is, that push, that, that you know, that sense of self-motivation you need to be that phoenix, to come out of the flames and choose to do something different. Yeah. And that, that's it, isn't it? It's yeah. the, step, the step of saying, I, I want to, I need to, but I need a little bit of help to do that. Yeah, and, and the, the, there is no shame in that. There is no shame in saying, "I actually need someone who can walk the talk with me, who can just companion, be be with me along along the side." Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I also have empathy in my talents as well. So it's it's it also is not that sympathy of, um, mm. uh, you know, just going, "Oh, that's terrible." It's it's really being able to sense what the person is going through, what they're feeling, and and be be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Um, yeah. I have connectedness, which is which means all things happen for a reason. So with that, whenever I meet somebody, even like yourself, Carrie, I think, well, this is for a purpose. We're here oh. for a purpose. And you know what? Today we're going to talk, we're going to talk about what we're talking about, and it's going to ring true for somebody. And if it helps them, fantastic. I mean, this yeah. is the, the joy of, of what we can do now online is that we can reach so many more people at such uh, an incredible distance. But we also have to remember that that connection is still so important. Well, that, that's it. Um, and there's, it's very topical. People are saying they're exhausted by Ooh. 
back-to-back Zoom meetings or whatever mm. whatever platform you're using. I think Zoom now will be entered into the dictionary terms yes. for, a new, for a new word. It just means a, a visual and voice connection. But it's interesting, isn't it, because we're, uh, there's a lot of talk about psychological safety, particularly yes. for people in remote um, situations. And if we look at the statistics, McCrindle's saying that in Australia we have um, the majority of the population saying they actually want to work three days, two days. Two days at um, in the office, three mm. days at home. They actually quite like this notion of working from home. Now, there's a whole lot of pressure to get people back into office, back into organisations for the face-to-face connections. Mm. And so the leaders of those teams, the managers of, of those teams, even if you're managing your family at home, right, where you've got how many on your Wi-Fi, how many people in your home on your Wi-Fi, your uni students, your, your, your uh, students at school, your own work uh, plus your partner's work or wh- whoever is living in, in your home, mm. where's the psychological safety over how much time you are in front of the screen, mm. how you break that up, mm. who gets preference, mm. who shares out the, the day-to-day running of living because there's still an imbalance uh, with that. Um, so it's it's quite an area of discussion at the moment, and rightly so. Yeah, the psychological safety um, that I've been sort of working with and managing with, with clients at the moment is is less of the working from home stuff because to me there's a, there's, look, there's a whole other issue around the working from home around do I trust my people to work from home? Have I as a leader yes. set very clear expectations of yep. what I need them to achieve while they're working from home. And this yep. is even working in flexible work hours and, and you know, having a flexible workplace. Yeah. Is if you want to introduce a flexible workplace, you need to have very clear expectations of what the person has to deliver. There has to be outcomes. Yeah. And to do that, there has to be trust. So, you know, I know of people who can work from home and can do it really well and they're very, uh, they're more analytical and they're more focused and that is some of their talents and that's part of that talent pool as well. And so yep. they do it and they love it. But people who are very high relationship uh, talents and strengths really struggle with the loneliness of working from home. Mm-hmm. And they need to be around people because that's what what's the, what allows them to thrive, um, yeah. that is connecting with people. And you talk about people getting Zoom fatigue, and you're right, but it's about how are we interacting on Zoom. Yes. Sure, if you've got 30 people in a meeting on Zoom and most people are, you know, playing Candy Crush while while you're having a meeting, that's different to having a one-on-one, I care about you, I'm, uh, I am I want to talk about how you're doing, these are the expectations, you know, people want it to be about them. So that, I think those things to consider. The psychological safety piece, sorry, I meant was at work was more around um, people feeling safe, like you say, in the home environment but also in the work environment. Yes, and covering yes. around the way we speak to people again, the things that we say, our credibility, the trust that we build, and how easily that can be broken. I do think there is a place where political correctness has gone mad, however, um, where you can't say anything at work anymore yes. without people getting upset very easily and very quickly. And I think that takes away from the people who really truly feel uh, unsafe at work. Yeah, I. Um... There's it's quite a nice little technique that um, I know a lot of leaders, managers of teams use, and it's usually coming into the conversation when you're separate but coming in electronically or technology-based uh, where they actually ha- express 
um, I'm here today and this is how I'm feeling. And they're asked to give uh, two or three words that describe how they're feeling. Mm. There's no judgment on that. It's a sharing. Yes. So there's, there's various techniques like that that actually are going on. And I, I, I can see for some people that that would be quite threatening. Mm. Because they're, they're being vulnerable in front of their their colleagues. They yeah. don't want anyone to know that they're not they're not not uh, managing well. Yes. Or, um, but over time, it it can become a a culture of how we talk about ourselves with no judgment, but we accept it, and yes. that gives us information about each other. Can yeah. I tell you what I've introduced, Barry? Um, I've just wanted to introduce this with my. Uh, when I've been facilitating groups and I get in there and I say to them, look, you know, it's so important for me that you uh, feel safe in this room, you know, whether it's with me or with the other people in the room. And um, so I say, but my job here is to draw on your potential and I might see that potential where you don't even see it. And so what I will do is I wanna, I, I'm going to push you a little bit to, to bring that potential out. But if you for a moment feel unsafe, yeah. Then I have a little signal. I said to them, can we all do this? All right. And I'm happy with that signal. I said, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you know, wherever it is, I will yeah. do it. I mean, I think that I can read a room well enough to be able to know when someone's uncomfortable with a line of questioning that I'm asking them. But yeah. if I miss it in a big group, I said, that's what I'll do. I said, but you have to promise me that you don't just use that to get out of, you know, coming to stand at the front of the room and do something. So it's, it's a get out of jail for when you feel... Um, when you feel vulnerable and unable to lean into that vulnerability. Ah, very powerful. And and how successful is it? It's great. Look, I have had, um, you know, not many people use it. People laugh at me and they go, oh, hang on, Kel, <laughs> because I asked them to do something. <laughs> and I said, is this one of those occasions or is this the real deal? You know, yeah. and I think I've had one person that's used it. But I, well, as soon as I use it, I look at their face. And, you know, you can... and, I, and I can tell that they're yeah. actually not comfortable. And I can say, look, I can come back to you and then what I'll do, if, if it's a giving them some time to think about it, and what I'll do is I'll just come back and I'll look and see how they are because they notice that you're coming back to, around the room and then I'll see they're not ready yeah. and I let, yeah. them, I let them be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and and that, that would be one of the, well, that would be like setting up a charter for all, all the rules of the group engagement. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which. And that's uh, what I do. Yeah, so we respect each other in the room. Yeah. We're not judgmental, and that's that's for me because I'm very, um, you know, I'm very passionate about what I do, and I'm very passionate about your potential. But as long as you know that my intention is always in your yes. favour. Yeah, and I think this is a lovely way of talking about, um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it can be a royal pain in the butt. Yes. You can spend a whole lot of time and energy on I wish, what if, what if, what if. Yes. Um, but it can be useful mm. uh, when you're looking back at situations uh, and going, have I been in a situation like I'm currently in and what did I do then that was helpful? Mm. What's the difference here? What what can I build on that I know I've got, but perhaps what other skill, what other resource, what other support do I need mm. to, to, to manage this or to work through it? Um, and I think that's, you know, that's one of those skills. And someone in that situation where yeah. they're putting their hand up and saying, no, 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 it gives you time to 
just be with that emotion to actually process a little bit, not to have that amygdala hijack in front of everybody, but to be able to manage it and get yourself from the emotional thinking into the lateral thinking where you where we're thinking a bit broader. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. And you know, have I got a bit of a repeat there? Sorry, do I need to change my sound or are we right? I think we're right. We've got okay. a little bit of an echo, Kelly, but um, with most IT, I don't know whether it's Friday afternoon and that's oh. the course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, when you talk about that, that, that really interests me because um, a lot of the work I do is around, I mean, and you even use the term what if, which is the term of my new model, which is about the words, actions, thoughts and feelings creating inspiration and happiness on the outliers. So, you know, every good trainer has has one of those words that explains everything that they do. And instead of people saying, what if this and what if that, which is fear of uncertainty, it's what if it could be differently? And mm. so when you talk about that and you talk about those kicks in the butt and those things that, that push us to learn, I mean, I've had plenty of those experiences. And, you know, Chris, one of the fellows I was talking to this morning said to me, if you could talk about yourself for 15 minutes, would you be able to do that? <laughs> I said, 15 minutes, Star? How is that all? Cool? Is that all? I said, I said pick a topic, any topic. <laughs> you know, relationships, you know, abusive relationships, um, you know, addictions, leadership, bullying, any of those topics, you know, um, diversity, gender, any of those, just pick a topic and I can give you a story. And um, I think it's it's from those stories, though, Carrie, that we, that we grow. And, um, yeah. You know, when you talk about that, that they're not nice things, but if we can learn from them, and um, and it's not always easy to mm. learn from them straight away. I mean, some of sometimes some of the lessons I've had to learn, I've had to be hit around the head quite a few times, uh, proverbial, <laughs> not literally, um, <laughs> to, to get the understanding of what the message was. Particularly as someone who's been a people pleaser, a workaholic, um, you know, just a yes person to everybody. And so I get that, what you're saying about that. Has there been um, an experience, um, an occasion or an event, an author perhaps, um, something that's happened that really has altered the way yes. you you have seen yourself and now show up? So yeah. you, you're different to how you – and would you be willing to share some of that? Of course. All of the above, you know, mentors, authors. Um, I – you know, one of the first books that I read in my uh, late 20s um, when I was going through a um, – I worked in hospitality and travel for a very long time. I grew up in an alcoholic uh, – with an alcoholic father who's now passed from alcoholism and, you know, and I was going down that road myself with alcohol and um it's not something i've shared publicly before so i don't know what you've done to me but <laughs> but 23 years sober i am now and oh well done you thank you but one of the um one of the things that i read was louise hayes you can heal your life yeah and because you know what carrie i just i looked in the mirror one day and you know they say that the eyes are the window to the soul yeah and I just looked in there and they were just, there was nothing there. It was just this blank. And um, and I, I, from that day, I, you know, 28 years old I was, and I decided to do something about that and do something differently. And I read um, Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, and I, you know, I thought it was astonishing. She, I mean, she had obviously recovered from cancer. I think she's passed now. But, uh, you know, it was good for me. 
it was good for me. I read it. I really enjoyed it. I can't even remember what was in the book now. I just know that it had an impact on how I changed yeah. the way that I started to think. think. And that really just got me started on the journey of, of what if, what if things could be different? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, it takes a long time to get over uh, that sort of um, you know addiction. And then I read um, um, uh, oh, um, the psychologist that was in the Alkowitz. Um Oh, uh, Victor Frankel. Yes, Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning, and yeah. which is probably going to be called Person Search for Meaning anytime soon now. <laughs> but uh, but I read that book and. And, you know, it was that whole, and I know people say it all the time and you hear it everywhere, but it is that that space between uh, stimulus and response and that uh-huh. if you take that space between, your response is much more likely to be beneficial for you than if you go stimulus react, which is, you know, what, what we do with our emotional space as well. More recently, I mean, I went through a huge journey and um, uh, through, through, through the industries that I was in and I went through a a period of I was in hospitality and travel for a long time and I loved it I loved it loved it loved it and I'm a mentor in that industry now and I made lots of great connections and great contacts and you know in some in some aspects I think it was quite secret because everybody in that industry drank a lot and had a lot of sardo sticks and chicken spring rolls I mean back in the 80s we went to the opening of a door honestly build our our career and um (laughs) uh but after I got sober, I started to work with kids um, uh, with drug and alcohol issues and, and kids with Asperger's. And I really learned some humility around what's important. And I, and I learned around things that are that seem so easy for us can be so difficult for other people. And, and I really started to work on the whole concept. And I know this is a passion of yours around that emotional intelligence and emotional yeah. ability. And um, I recently read a book, this book by Susan David, Oh. emotional agility and I think I've spoken to you about it before and it's yep. it's just because emotional intelligence it really gives us the, the the structure of emotional intelligence and emotional agility really shows us how to put it into practice and um, I really found that helpful um, in because it's and, and look this is your this is your um, talent emotional intelligence so I'm not going to go on about that but it really <laughs> helped me that that book um, and mm-hmm. We learn from each other, don't you worry? We do, we do. <laughs> but one of the things was um, when I was in that last phase of my career, I went from being the top of my game to really I worked for people who treated me like um, I, I didn't look right. I was the wrong gender. I was the wrong weight. I was the wrong height, you know, and would used to say things, horrible things to me, and um, that really stripped away at my confidence and I you know one day I remember being at this event and I wasn't pretty enough to be able to introduce the guest speaker in that day but I was pretty enough to be with all the the mingling of the the people the important people that were at the event and I remember this fellow coming up to me talking to me for ages and ages about his wife and everything else and then grabbing me by the hand and licking down my hand like this oh in an event and I remember just saying to him do you know what I don't know who you think you are but that slug that needs to go back in your head now I said because that's completely inappropriate and then you know he I said it might be time for you to consider going back to your hotel because he was visiting and do you know 
he then, um, as I as I had to escort the men out of the building, tried to put me in a headlock and take me into a taxi with him and uh, up to his hotel in King's Cross. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I literally had to push him off into the taxi. And I went up and my colleague, my pretty colleague, who was gorgeous, I love her to death, but she was the one that got to do the introductions because yes. she was the right look, um, said to Mikel, I'm so sorry, that that's just awful, or that's what's happened. Oh, and she yeah. told my boss and he just, all he did was turn around and say, well, she's barking up the wrong trees. Isn't he? He's barking up the wrong tree. And do you know what? That feeling of being unsupported like that, I just, I went home that day, I literally went to bed for four days right under my doona i had lost all confidence all confidence and all self-esteem and do you know what it gets better carried out right um <laughs> do you know what though i ate lots of snack chocolate and watched reruns of law and order svu <laughs> and, but no one knew what to do with me and four days later i just something came over me and this this really leads me to this this where we get motivation because uh -huh. we cannot be motivated by others we can only be in an environment where we choose yeah. to, to to participate um and i just i just i just had this thought that there is more there is more to me and i thought about victor frankl in his um in the auschwitz and i thought about um you know louise hay and i thought about all these great mentors that i've had that have got me through my career and I just thought, this is not it. No. You know? And this is where I get the phoenix from the ashes. You know, I just got up and like a rose from the phoenix from the ashes I did. But what you're just describing is something I have just read in another friend of mine's latest book that she's just brought out. And it's that getting to the point where you actually have to go in. You have to actually go in and and know and actually like who you are for yeah. all for all your difference for all your strengths for all your foibles yeah. whatever it is yeah. and in a way if we and at the time you probably didn't think it was a gift no well at the time I just said it put you under the doona right yeah. put you, you didn't think that was a gift however no. it turns out to have been the gift absolutely because it was the push I needed to get out and start this business that I'm in you know and and that was the thing I said I said Kelly what are you good at you know stop listening to all these you know as you say the self-talk and people telling you how fat you are or how yeah. ugly you are or how this or that yeah. Think about what are you good at? And I'm like, I'm funny. I'm good with people. I, I you know, I, I'm good at training and developing. I, I create happy workplaces. You know, I, this is what I'm good at. And it's like, well, you know, I, I see people's potential and I, and I want them to develop that potential. And that's where I, it was that day I got up and I started this business. And that was, you know, 12 years ago. And I have not looked back a day. Oh, see, yeah. and so what, what I'm hearing, and we've only known each other a small amount of time, mm. but generosity for yourself also is for others. So yes. it's that it's that human-centred or the heart-centred aspect of what you your value system is and what you believe and what gets you out of bed each day. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's all connected to my value system. If my values are working with my talents, my yep. talents are working with my, my purpose, yeah. Um, you know, which is which is to um, work with people and you know see and discover their magic. That's why my business is called Corporate Magic. You know, uh -huh. um, the magic is not in 
you know, me, it's in you. It's it's pulling that potential and seeing that, seeing that just light up the world that we're in. You know, it's got to have, we've, there's so much darkness, you know, we've got to have some places where we can see this light. And you've just given me a, a visual picture, and I'm sure our listeners as well, of the wand, the cape, the invisibility yes. cloak and the wand and, you know, how do we, you've got the wand. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just hang on there. I'm going to take a shot. I know. I'm waiting for um, the the Starlight Foundation to have another um, another <laughs> day where they sell these because I need another one. Here <laughs> we go. Well, look, you've just given us a great uh, snapshot and view into how you thrive in uncertainty. Now that was cruel. What happened to you was life changing, mm. right? And it's interesting how many layers you probably had as protection to get through all that had started to happen to you because of, I mean, we're all licorice all sorts for crying out loud. We're all <laughs> shapes and spots and sizes, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we have this view of the perfect world or the perfect woman or the perfect man, whatever it is. It does, it does this, this notion of per perfection and idealism, um, you know, is, you know, is is a little bit crazy, but we get seduced by it. And there's so, a lot of around it as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, there, there is. So, so we're in a time of disruption. Yes. Worldwide, globally, we're in a time of disruption. Yes. There's a huge difference now to people's pay packets, whether they have a job or they don't have a job, yes. whether they're actually interacting with other people or that they've been isolated, whether they're searching for oxygen tanks because they've got the virus. Yes. It puts it all into perspective for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm thinking, how do we, there's a fair bit of ambiguity around this. There's yeah. a whole lot of uncertainty around it. Um, and that notion of thriving, you know, it's glamorous, but it's hard work. Mm. It's bloody hard work. You know, it, it's, it's that space between survive and thrive. And I think that, you know, and I've been in it. Like last year, oh, my gosh, talk about not thriving, <laughs> but surviving and, and then moving through that stage. And I, and I don't think there's one or the other. I think that when I look back at that and when I look at the world now, it's it's really taking stock of what we need, not what we want, ah. uh, number one. What you need, what, not what you want. Um, being really aware of your transferable skills and and how you can use So And really it's asking that question that I ask coming out of the doona, what are my talents, what am I good at, and what can I do with those? Yes. You know? then it's absolute determination to do something else. It's about being able to walk away from whatever you've lost and rebuild because you can keep digging into what you've lost and dig holes deeper and deeper and deeper. But I think that there is a time to rebuild. I don't think there's a new normal. I think there's just new. I think yeah. that, that everything is, yep. is different and I think that we have to embrace different and we have to embrace new and we have to embrace that, you know, we've got to try something. And, 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 you know, the thing that I ask as a coach all the time, all the time, is if what you're doing is not working for you, what else can you do? And it's yep. constantly having to ask that question. If I'm doing this and it's not working for me, what can I do? Toss it. Thousands of dollars on digital marketing during COVID from Gladys gave us a grant and it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. You know what? So I don't do it now. I do something else. And, yeah. you know, because I'm more personable, I'm more of this sort of stuff. I love That's doing right. this. Yeah. And I've got a thousand different facial expressions. And so <laughs> but what you're talking about for me is this little word grit, G-R-I-T. Oh, yeah. 
I know and there's it, a book about that as well. <laughs> I know, I know. But I love it. There's another a word that's a little bit older, um, gumption. It sort of, sort of goes with it. Like you can tell my age. But yeah, uh, for, clean the bathroom, though, that stuff, gumption. Oh, I know. But <laughs> there you go. There's a metaphor, right? Yes. You've yes. actually got to do something physical to actually move, remove the stain, make it shiny and new, yeah, wash it away. There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot we can we can really think about. But I do like this notion of grit, and um, it goes to our well-being. Yeah. And so what we've been talking about today really is all around our well-being. Yeah. And yes. about being um, being able to be curious about what it is we can be doing. Mm. So the curiosity comes in as well, yeah. and then being having some determination to actually take small steps to to get it yeah. done. And can yeah. I just, you know, just to add to that one last thing is it's so important and I learned this in the last year is that particularly with the way people's um, workplaces are changing is that, you know, they, I've said it before that it takes a village to raise a family but, you know, what your family is your community and the people around you yeah. and we have to learn not to be so egotistical as to not ask for help, you know. Have some, you know, have that ability to be able to say to someone, you know what, I'm doing it tough at the moment can you give me a hand with something or can you yeah. drop my kids to school or can you help me with something we you know without thinking that it's a it's a it's a slide on who you are and what you yeah. do it's not it's 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 not shameful it's, you look at all the like the jewish communities and the some of the asian communities they do this they they really help yeah. each other out and yeah. um and i think that we need to be better at, at asking for help and being willing to accept it when you know when we need it as well that's right, and it, it's there's no there's no hierarchy for for anything um, around being uncertain and being mm. able to cope with that. It happens to all of us, no matter age, degrees, education, yeah. whatever it is, socioeconomic group. It does. It, it's there's there's no there's sort of no restrictions. It, it can affect anybody at yeah. any time and most of us most of yeah. us yeah. and just okay you were talking before about you know how we have we all have our own life and our own issues and you know to take the sting out of those issues and honestly that that's what makes us unique people that we are all so <laughs> unique and for us to be able to to work with someone to take the sting out so that we can live our lives on the other side of the timeline with less of that intensity less yeah. of that stress less of that you know, worry. I think that would be amazing, and that's oh. obviously what you and I both do with our clients. Well, that's that's the that's the beauty, and I think that's the privilege of of being able to do that because we are, we only want the, um, look. It's not that we want to be experts in everything. You don't necessarily have all the advice. It's the privilege is walking alongside someone who will mm. actually be be game enough to put the next foot forward and go. I'm going to give this a shot. They and just have the willingness and the courage to do something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kelly, if you had one thing you wanted to share with people that you know is an absolute rock star of a strategy yes. for thriving, yes. what would it be? Something that's super practical. What would you share with everybody? Super practical. Um, do you know what? I was just thinking <laughs> um, this is probably a bit left left of centre, but honestly, um, I think, and I say this to my son, he knows it, and I say it to everybody really that knows me, there's a song in everything. And I think music has the power to make us laugh and cry and and think and feel deeply and think and feel light. And so, you know, as a strategy, I think 
sometimes find some, some find a song that lifts your spirits if you're feeling you know flat um find a song that that helps you to concentrate if you're in that space i think use music we have music so use that and i think the other thing is to to understand that your psychology and your physiology changes by the way you hold yourself and the way you move and sometimes it's just standing uh -huh. up and doing a little twirl yeah you know? Sometimes I do both. I put a song on and I get up and do a little dance in my in my office and then I sit down again and I get a bit more energy. What's your, what's your theme song? Uh, this year's theme song is um, Kelly Clarkson, What Doesn't Kill Us Makes Us Stronger. Love that. Mm -hmm. um, because I really think that, that that really that drives that determination and I'm trying to come into the into the 20th century you know, 21st century with my music. Oh, really? <laughs> it used to be like getting knocked down when I get up again, but okay. I'm more hip and happening. <laughs> oh, Kelly, I've had a great conversation with you this afternoon. You, you, are, a, you are just a little wand, oh, uh, yeah. a, a sprinkling of magic for the afternoon. That's, That's it. it. Now, if people want to get in contact with you, Kelly, what, oh. should, what would you like, how would you like them to do that? Well, they can uh, find me on LinkedIn. Or they can come to, and it's Kelly with an E-Y. That makes me a little bit more special. Yes. So it's uh, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at corporatemagic.com.au. Ah. Or find me on LinkedIn or Facebook under Kelly Wacher. I'm there. I'm the one with the, with the jazz hands, actually. I'm going. Oh, great photo. Great photo, that is. Great image. <laughs> um, so, Yes. That's and thank, thank you so much for, um, for sharing some of your magic this afternoon. My pleasure. Um, you know the what if model. If anyone's interested, you've 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 that's one of your signatures. Yes. The books that you read and have read over the years that have made a difference to you, Louise Hayes's, um, you know, you can heal your life yes. or the search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Susan David's emotional agility. I love two more for you. Oh. Good reading. Oh, fantastic. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And Saw With Your Strengths. Oh, um, lovely. It's a great book on using your talents to get what you want. Oh, great resources. Thank you for sharing those what with us. That? And that's part of part of what we do, isn't it, that, that we don't have all the answers, but by sharing what it is that we've stumbled across, what it is we've researched or sought out, uh, makes it all the richer. Yes. So thank you very much. Pleasure. Um, so happy. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, and listeners, if you would like to know more about what I do, carriebenedette.com, you can find me on all socials as well. I would love it if you gave me a little bit of love, if you pop onto your favourite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple or we're on all of them, just give us a little bit of love. Um, that's all that we ask because we do try to make each session a little bit better than the one previously. Yeah. Uh, and as we close, um, it's time for that bit of movement. I'm big into movement as well. So we have little <laughs> dance parties here, especially when the grandkids come over. So, so I've just found what it is. So let's get it up. Oh. Is this it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Great to hear you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. What does it kill you make me stronger? All right. <laughs>
Bye, Carrie. Thanks. Just remember, everybody, you are precious. Your thriving matters. Bye for now. I'm Carrie Benedet, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 